Hey, I'm Ashley Lemieux, and I'm here to help you uncover the greatest power in your life. You! After going on my own healing journey, I realized I was looking for the wrong thing. A way out. But I didn't need a way out. What I really needed was a way in. To fully uncover who I am. Each week I'll be sharing tangible tools and inspiring interviews to help you create a clear pathway forward in areas of your life that you might feel stuck or overwhelmed in. I'm not here to be the expert on your life. You are. What I want is to help you believe that. So get ready to reframe your thoughts, reimagine your future, and reclaim your power. Are you ready? I am. I'm not going to lie, this is the most nervous that I have been so far in recording a podcast episode, and I know that I don't have anything to be nervous about, but I've re-recorded this intro part like 10 times because (laughs) I'm just, I'm just nervous. Um, So I've decided that I was going to throw out all of my notes for this podcast today, and I'm just going to talk because what I want to talk about today I think is something that isn't often talked about, but it's something that is really important. And I'm naming the title of this, I Am Brave. And what I want to preface and make sure that I clearly say before I get into anything else is that whatever decision you have made for the future of your family, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you have biological children, whether you have one biological child, whether you have 10, whether you have adopted children, whether you have decided children are not for you, whether you're going through infertility or adoption. Did I already say that? (laughs) I just want to be clear that whatever decision you have made for the future of your family is the bravest and most courageous decision that I know you could make. And that is something that I think is so beautiful in this life is that all of us have different circumstances, different family dynamics, different dreams, different hopes, different challenges. And so all of our families and the choices that we make to grow or not grow our family, they're all different. And if there's anything that I want you to take away from our time together today is that you leave here with this clarity and this just certainty that you are brave in the hard decisions that you are making right now in your life. Now, my husband and I, you know that we had a miscarriage. It's been seven months now, which really blows my mind because time has gone so slow, but it's also gone so fast. And, um, but before we got pregnant, we had decided to get pregnant three and a half years after we lost custody of permanent guardianship of um, two children. And it took us a really long time to decide to grow our family again. We didn't know if we wanted to try to have more children. We didn't. We were just so heartbroken and so just buried by pain that I also knew that it was not a good environment for me or him at that time to bring more kids into. So I always knew that when it was time to have kids again, that we would, I would just know. I would feel it. 
So last uh, November, we moved back to Phoenix after living in Nashville. And the second we moved here, we both knew that it was time to grow our family. Like we just knew, I just knew with every bone in my body that it was time to try to get pregnant, which is really significant because I had never felt like that ever before in my entire life. You know, my sister growing up, she was the one who her whole dream always was to to be a mom and to have lots of babies. And for me, it was something that I knew would happen, but I just wasn't, I, I just felt differently about it. And so for me to feel that strongly that it was time to grow our family and try to get pregnant um, was really significant. So we get pregnant in December of last year and are very excited about that, obviously. And then we have a miscarriage in um, March. And, you know, that first time, it wasn't anything that I talked about. I, I didn't share with you that we were now wanting to grow our family again. I didn't tell you that we were trying to get pregnant. That was just kind of for me and Mike, that was just our personal decision that we just wanted to see what would happen. And we actually didn't tell anyone. <laughs> um, and so it was fun to surprise our family and stuff too. Okay, but now, now that we've gone through... Uh, losing Jace and my health has been so just crazy and I kind of stopped giving health updates on social media just because I just needed to take a step back from it and I also didn't want any more unsolicited advice and just for my mental health <laughs> I just needed to stop talking about what was going on and I also didn't want you guys to have to hear about it all the time if you don't want an update. So today what I thought would be appropriate is to give you an update on my health and what we have decided for the future of our family. And what just feels different about this is that, you know, beforehand, like I just said, we didn't tell anyone what our future pl plans were for our family because we really didn't know. But now, because you've been on this journey with me and because I know that there are so many women who are going through infertility, who have gone through miscarriage, who just are going through hard things, this next step of, well, what happens if we decide to get pregnant again? Do we get pregnant again? Do, like, it feels so scary and hard. It's not talked about a lot ever. So I wanted to talk about it today. And um, we're just going to go from there. So to give you an update on my health, if you are totally new here, I'm going to give a brief rundown. I had a miscarriage the end of March because I went septic. Now with sepsis, it is a blood infection. My blood infection um, infected both of my kidneys as well. I was on the verge of kidney failure. I thought I was going to die. I've never been that close to dying before. And I remember laying in the hospital begging God to not take me yet. Like I, I kept feeling very strongly that I still had things I needed to do on earth and I just kept begging him not to take me. And I also kept begging for my baby not to be taken from me. After a couple days of fighting through sepsis and not really being able to have any pain medication, that was the most pain I've ever been in my entire life. 
But because I was pregnant and because I'm allergic to morphine, I couldn't have pain medication that wouldn't interfere with the baby. So I was just, I truly was screaming in pain for those three days, first three days in the hospital. Then I have a miscarriage. My body could not support the pregnancy and keep me alive at the same time. And so then I'm now in the hospital, not only trying to to get well from sepsis, but now also my body just had labor. My body uh, delivered my baby naturally. And now I'm recovering from labor. And it was the most excruciating time my body's ever been through. Now I get out of the hospital, I have a pick line for several months and I'm still, I mean several weeks and I'm still in incredible pain for months. I go to doctors after doctor, I get checked up, I get tests, so many tests. Like if you follow me on Instagram, you saw that I'm dropping off my poop, right? (laughs) Doctor's offices. Because we're trying to figure out what's wrong um, and I keep getting uh, cultures, urine cultures, and my cultures come back that I have the infection again. I didn't go septic that time, luckily, but I'm put on more antibiotics and the pain just keeps coming and I keep telling my doctors I feel like fire ants have taken over the inside of my body. Well, three months of this go by and if you remember, they then discover that I have retained placenta that my body has been trying to get rid of for three months. So no wonder that I couldn't get off the couch. No wonder there was this one point during those three months where I called my mom and I was crying and I said, mom, I feel like if we do not figure this out, I am going to die. I know that there's something wrong in my body, but nobody can find it. And if I don't push and find this answer, I feel like something very bad is going to happen to me. And the reason I had retained placenta was because obviously my my birth for Jace was very quick, very unexpected. And then because I delivered him naturally, they did manual surgery to remove what was left, but they didn't want to do a full DNC when I was in the hospital because I was too sick from going septic. I would not have, uh, it would not have been safe for me to go under anesthesia at that time. So the hospital had cleared me. And so we thought that I had been cleared. And then finally, three months later, I get an um, ultrasound and we see that um, I need a DNC. And so that's in June. So then that's kind of where I left things off with you guys and letting you know how I was doing. Um, I changed my diet completely. Things like gluten and dairy and sugar. My body just really had a bad time (laughs) processing those. I, I would be in a lot of pain every time I ate. And so I changed how I was eating. And then my period starts trying to come back regularly. And at the end of my cycles, I would go into intense contractions again. Um, so for the past couple months, every time my period would end, I there was this one moment where I thought Mike was going to have to take me to the hospital because I thought something had ruptured in my body. That's how painful it was. And I'd be throwing up. I'd get severe um, pain shooting up my spine to my shoulders, obviously in, in you know, my pelvic area. Sorry if this is TMI, but <laughs> really I'm giving you the updates right now. Um, and we just didn't know what was wrong. And so I'd have to go into my doctor and get shots in my bum so that I could just like breathe through the pain. And then my cycle would get 
would finish and then I'd get better, but then it would happen again. So finally, the last two cycles is the first time where my period has started to regulate and where I haven't had that pain. And what we realized was happening, I was actually, I've been given nerve medication also that I take now, but because my pelvis, my uterus has gone through so much trauma this year, my nerve endings were are were still so inflamed and the signals the pain signals that my brain would send to my nerves in my uterus at the end of my period was trying to keep my body safe it was almost like my body still thought that um i had retained uh placenta that needs to get rid of so i'd go into contractions even though it was already gone but that's what happens when you have PTSD when you go through trauma. It takes a little bit sometimes for your body to re-regulate. And so that was happening to me. Um, and I've done so much therapy <laughs> of every kind um, to help my body feel safe just to have a normal period again. And I finally have it. And you know, it's so crazy. And it sounds so funny to even talk about, but it's like my first regular period uh, last month, I literally was cheering, jumping up and down, so grateful that my body has course corrected itself and that it's healing. And it's just one of those things with miscarriage that happens that you don't really talk about. And periods can be painful after, they can be unexpected. You don't know what's happening. And so um, for those first few months, my doctor didn't want me to even consider getting pregnant. And then once it regulated, he's like, okay, I want you to try to get pregnant as soon as possible. But for me, because I was in so much pain still, it was very hard for me to even think about growing our family when my body still felt like it was in survival mode. And so I decided early on that I would know when it would be time to grow our family again, just like I knew the first time. And the first time when we lost the two kids, like I said, it took three and a half years for me to finally be like, okay, I feel like it's time to move forward. And so from making sure that I just didn't put pressure on myself to try to get pregnant again right away, because I knew that my body could not sustain that, it, it just helped relieve this pressure and it helped me just focus on healing. Hey, I wanted to take a quick pause to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Peanut. The Peanut app helps you meet like-minded women who are trying to conceive. Peanut provides a safe space for women trying to conceive to build friendships, ask questions, and find support. It even introduces you to women nearby who are at a similar stage in their journey. Peanut provides access to a community of women who are there to listen, share information, and offer valuable advice. Whether it's understanding IVF, PICOS, or miscarriage, Peanut is a place to connect with women who understand. It's been an app that has been such a lifeline for me this year, being able to be in a community of women who are also in the same place as I am in their journey building their family. You can download the app for free today. Just head to peanut.app.link slash am. Or head to the App Store and find the Peanut app there. Now back to our episode. The other thing that happens after miscarriage is that your period might not regulate like normal for a while. So a couple months, two months ago, 
you know, I said my cycles are starting to finally get normal, but there's still other things like my ovulation is completely off and unpredictable and other things like that, that again, it just takes time. And I'm just learning this patience with my body that I've never had to have before, but it's been actually miraculous for me to be able to see my body heal because I was so traumatized and and I've been living in just such fear the past few months because I felt like my body betrayed me and I got so sick with sepsis so fast. I'm talking within hours. I went from being totally fine and pregnant to almost dying and losing my baby within hours. And so when something like that happens, I've struggled this year trusting my body, trusting myself. Like, how do I know that that's not going to happen again? And so it's been really healing for me to actually see my body working to regulate again. It's actually been really beautiful. So that leads us to where we are right now, (laughs) which is Mike and I have decided that, and this actually makes me a little emotional. I just started getting teary and I didn't, I wasn't expecting this, but We've decided that it's time to start to try to grow our family again. And I am so grateful that I'm in this place where that can even be a decision, that my body is now in a place where it can support that decision. And, you know, I, at first, the first couple of months after losing Jay's, Mike and I would talk and we'd just be like, I don't think we could do this again. Like we've lost three kids. Every time has been so traumatic. And um, it feels like every time we we come up for air in our life and, and things are moving forward, it's just like we are just kicked, not only kicked down, but it just happened in the most excruciating ways each time. And so we just thought, you know, This just might not be in the cards for us. And so we really wrestled with that decision. And what I also want to say right here is that making that decision to not have children, if that is where you are or not have any more children or not to try to get pregnant again, I want you to know that that decision is equally as brave. The decision, the bravery and courage that that decision has is full of so much weight to it and I know how hard making that choice is also and so I want to make sure that you know that equally for us making the decision to try to grow our family again is freaking terrifying it is requiring a lot of bravery and a lot of courage for both of us (laughs) um, to be able to trust that if the, if we, you know, try to have a baby again, that we might have a different outcome than we've had in the past. And I, I really, and this is why too, I, and I talk about it a lot, but truly my morning movement, my morning meditation, my morning practices where I can just get still and not allow my mind to talk me out of things because it's afraid, but really really listen to my body and to my heart and to my intuition and and create a path forward 
based off of those feelings because those feelings are absolutely different than the feelings and the thoughts that I have in my head. So right now I'm in this place where sometimes it's exhausting because I feel two different things. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I know that we're going to start trying to have a baby again shortly. And so in order to to stay in a place where I can feel I can keep the peace that I feel around that decision means that I have to stay out of my head. Um, and it's exhausting, you guys. It is so exhausting. <laughs> but I also just, I know what I know right now. And that right now it's the time to to try to grow our family again. Um Something that I do is I think of our future a lot. But when I have decisions like this that we want to make that are really hard decisions, I picture myself as 80 years old. And at 80 years old, I picture where I am. I picture the people who are surrounding me. I picture what I'm doing. And my goal in my life is always to make sure I'm living in a way that when I'm 80, I don't look back having wished that I had made different decisions or regretted not living my life um, in a certain way and then be missing it when I'm 80 years old. So before, when we didn't know if we were going to ever try to have biological children after we lost the older two in the contested adoption, when I would picture my life at 80, I uh, for a while, I pictured our nieces and nephews surrounding us. I pictured our family surrounding us. I pictured us being integral parts of the community that we lived in and, and having, you know, people that we were able to connect with and serve and help surrounding us. And and it took several years. And then, and then when I started picturing us, I started picturing kids and I started picturing grandkids and my idea and and my capacity to even have that dream again after such devastating loss, it changed. It, it changed throughout the years. And so after losing Jace this year, that's what I went back to the past couple months. I'm like, okay, when I'm 80, like what do I really picture surrounding me in my life? What is it? And again, it's there's kids our kids are there with us. Our grandbabies are there with us. And I know that in order for that to happen means that right now I have to make some hard and scary decisions, but I also have to make sure that I'm not just trying to press through fear to make those things happen, but that I'm really listening to my intuition and my body so that I'm making decisions that are even possible and safe um, to have happen. So I just, uh, I just wanted to give you guys this update because you've been with us every step of the way. Um, and this month, as we've talked a lot about infant loss and pregnancy loss for, um, the awareness month, this next step of having, of trying to get pregnant after having a miscarriage, it's, absolutely terrifying. And if you find yourself here, I want you to know that all the feelings that you have are so normal. They're so valid. And I often think of 
how excited I will be when I see that positive pregnancy test. And I wonder if I will be absolutely terrified because not only do you do I grieve the loss of Jay's, but also forever and always my experience and relationship with pregnancy has changed. Like when you get pregnant for the first time, what you're thinking that's going to happen is not that you're going to lose your baby uh, weeks or months later. And so now when once that becomes a reality, it's a reality and a fear that is just going to be present in every pregnancy that I have from here on out. And so thinking about that, I get, I, I do get a little bit sad because when I found out that I was pregnant with Jace, there was so just so much magic behind that, so much just power and peace and stillness and hope and excitement and love and just all of those things that I thought that I would feel when I got pregnant for the first time. But now I know that there's also going to be a lot of fear and I will be a high-risk pregnancy. I will um, have special doctors helping because we don't know why I went septic really in the first place. We just know that it was from strep B and I've gone through to, you know, people always tell me, well, you should see this doctor, that doctor. And I just want, you know, I've seen every type of doctor. I've seen a gastro, is that what they're called? A gastro doctor, whatever it is for your stomach. Uh, Multiple times I see uh, my OB, I see family doctor, I see a holistic doctor, I see someone who helps me with food, like I've been to every doctor and we still do not know why I went septic when I did. And because of that, I will be a high risk. And so I'll have a different support team around me this next round, which actually helps me feel safer with the pregnancy. So I do not know what's going to happen next. Obviously, none of us do. And that's what making a decision like this also feels so scary doing because I don't know if we'll get pregnant soon again. I don't know if it'll take a while. I don't know if my body's still trying to regulate. I don't know if I'll carry the next baby when I do get pregnant to full term. I don't know if I'll go septic again. I'll don't like, right? All of those things that I can keep telling myself that I just don't know. But here's what I do know. I heard this quote, um, once a, a while ago, and I think about it all the time. And it's that I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And when I think about that, and when I think about God and my intuition and you know, whatever it is that you believe in, just this greater love that's bigger than us, I just know that if I can just get past the fear and listen, and then just keep taking the next right step, that that's the bravest thing I can do, and I can't control the outcome. And I'm not here to control the outcome. I'm here for the journey and to just keep walking forward. And whatever your next step is to walk forward this week, this month, this year, I just want you to know that You don't have to have the whole journey mapped out. It's impossible because we don't know what comes next. And and nothing is your fault 
that hasn't gone the way that you wanted it to or that you've hoped it to go. But all we can do is focus on where we want to be next and where we are now and make the decisions that help us get there. And so right now, this is ours and we'll see what happens. But I wanted to give you guys an update. I love you. I'm so grateful that um, you're here with me and that we can have these kinds of conversations um, that I can hop on my podcast not really knowing what I'm going to say and be absolutely terrified to say any of it because I think, you know, this decision is still so scary <laughs> but exciting for us and and that you just come in and you hold space for me to share it and we can all hold space for each other as we all make our own choices that are so freaking brave in our lives. So I love you. I will see you next Tuesday. And this is your reminder that you are so freaking brave. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the I Am Podcast. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from you online. So if there's something that really resonated with you, come and let me know. Share a screenshot of this podcast and tag me on Instagram at Ashley K. Lemieux so I can see what's impacting you the most. It might even help your friends. And remember, every time you ask yourself, am I really strong enough to do this? The answer is, I am. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.